Would you like to strengthen your marriage, encourage your children, and grow your family relationships? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he ignites the flame in your heart for your family. We've been talking about the relationship of the family, probably the most critical thing, and and Tex, you mentioned it earlier, and that was about forgiveness. And I think that's probably one of the greatest needs in all of our families is, is to be forgiven and to be able to forgive. And forgiveness is really at the center and at the very heart of Christianity. It's why Jesus came. That's why he died on the cross. And of course on the cross he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so at the very heart of what Christianity is all about is forgiveness. And so when we come to the family life, we find that forgiveness is critically important and especially in developing a relationship with others. And, and, and the closest person, the person you love the most, often I found, I don't know, and, and <laughs> don't misunderstand me on this, but the greatest hurts come from the people you love the most. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because you love them so much and you love so deeply that you feel the hurt so mm-hmm. greatly. And so uh, in any marriage, good marriages, as a matter of fact, the better the marriage is, probably the deeper the hurt feels. Uh, so it's, it's not uh, when you say you have to forgive or be forgiven, it doesn't mean that you don't have a good marriage, but, it, but forgiveness has got to be right at the core and the heart of everything. That's my take on it. So let me just throw it out to you guys. And how important has forgiveness been in your relationship? And, and from your perspective, how important is forgiveness? Well, I think it's like what you said. Um, and in any marriage, any relationship, you need to have forgiveness. But in marriage, I think it's, it's just vital. Without it, I don't think we would still be married. Um, because you go through so much in life, there's going to be ups and downs. And if you want to have intimacy and you want to keep going, you're going to have to learn to forgive or um, you will drift apart and just kind of coexist. And that's not the point of marriage. Kelly, let me, let me ask you that as a follow-up on that. You know, and, maybe, and you tell me if I'm wrong in this assumption. But, you know, a lot of times girls are presented growing up, their knight in shining armor mm-hmm. is going to come along. And then you kind of have subconsciously, I would think, that idea, you know, that and then all of a sudden <laughs> you, you, you see his flaws and right. you see that he's not the knight in shining armor. He's just the regular guy. Mm-hmm. And so how do you deal with that as, as, as forgiveness or is that forgiveness or is that just acceptance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, something we watch TV, we see marriages, we kind of idealize what marriage is going to look like. And then when, you, when it comes down to it, it's hard work. It's um, getting up and having to face difficult decisions and being disappointed in people. And um, it, is, it is a challenge, but I think it's important to know that it's supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be this knight in shiny armor. And that's not really even how God intended it. We are there to help each other grow and become more like Christ. And so I think if we change our perspective going into marriage, being thankful that God gave you this opportunity, this person to grow with, um, but realizing it's going to be hard work and you don't feel like you have to bail because it's not the way um, Hollywood makes it out to yeah, be. Yeah. So Dave, what about you? I think just adding on that, you, um, you, like you said, you come into marriage with these certain expectations. Those expectations aren't met. And so you automatically become a little bit more jaded, a little bit more cynical. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, there's a, there's a great quote by uh, one of America's greatest presidents, Abraham Lincoln. He said, if you, if you look 
at people expecting to find faults, you surely will find them there. And it's all about your perspective on if you're looking at that person, because you've been wronged, you've, you've, you've been wronged and something happens and it happens again, you start to look at that person, you hold on to that offense rather than releasing it. And if you look at the, in the biblical word for forgiveness in the Greek is, to, it's actually a combination of two words, it's to send away. It means to, when you really have truly forgiven, you're not holding on to it anymore, you've sent it away to the cross of Christ. He's forgiven that, you've forgiven that, and then um, it, it's gone. So. Uh, it, it's, I think, a lot about perspective within forgiveness, too. Releasing and then having that perspective to see the good within the person rather than the bad. Let me share the flip side of that, too, is that, and I had a friend who was just a great man of prayer and, and taught on prayer and was really a blessing for me. But he said that when you're criticized or someone, you know, sees something in you, and he says if, if you would have the perspective of if they knew the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, it would be much worse than their criticism. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So, and you know that, which is a spirit of humility, of really realizing who you who you are. So, what 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 keeps us, Tex? What's what's the greatest hindrance for forgiving? Would you I say selfishness on my part? You know, I think because sometimes I can be selfish and want my way, and if you're doing it another way, then I, maybe I start building up barriers and hindrances, and I and. Maybe you've hurt me and vice versa, and I have a choice to forgive or not to forgive. And if I hold it, then that's only hurting me. It's not just hurting you, but it's hurting me too. And so, and that, that hurts my relationship with Jesus if I'm holding on forgiveness. Yeah, you know, in most situations, when we hold it in, we don't ever hurt the other person. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, we're just hurting ourselves, and mm-hmm. what, what I find. And the only way in hurting the other person in the relationship is that then there's a barrier. There's a, there's a wall that builds up in the relationship. So uh, what, what, what has been helpful to you guys on, on forgiving? I mean, you know, forgiveness, <clears throat> I don't think it comes naturally. <laughs> I might say it comes supernaturally. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, but, but what helps you to be able to forgive when you've been hurt? I think a lot of times <clears throat> you got to, there's the issue behind the issue. And so you may, there may be an explosion or anger or whatever that comes out, but you're, that's not the, the root of the issue. The root of the issue is something deeper. And so you've got to get to the root of the issue. And a lot of times the best time to get to the root is not in the middle of a big blow up. It's whenever there's calm. And into really just whenever there's calm after you've gone away and been by yourself and prayed or whatever you need to do to calm down is just to get back and honestly as a couple just come together with each other's best interest and heart. And talk through what are the things that triggers this what are you know what are the things that you find yourself becoming defensive on whenever something comes up what are get to the root of the issue because many times there's there's an issue behind the issue that has to be forgiven it's not just the outward manifestation of that you know and one thing and and I want to just kind of say something there. This really hadn't been our problem, but I know a lot of people that it is a problem and that is <clears throat> some people have a problem just talking to each other. In other words, they, you know, they 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 explode and mm-hmm. and lose their tempers. And so, just having that conversation when you get down to the deep things is hard because the hurt and pain is so deep. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have recommended for couples to do if they are in that situation is to go to a public place and talk mm-hmm. about these things. Go out to eat, 
going to where, where in other words you'd be embarrassed to raise your voice and yell mm-hmm. so that you you can kind of have the uh, a, a conversation reasonable conversation about these things in uh, in a manner that uh, that is is right because sometimes when you talk about the issue behind the issue it's it, it can be really hurtful mm-hmm. and so we, we we need to kind of be in a position where we're not going to just yell and scream at each other. Mm-hmm. It's got to be listening, talking, mm-hmm. and listening. Would that be mm-hmm. a, a thing that y'all would say, being able to listen? Yeah, or, and bottom without, line. Really, yeah, without judgment, just say, okay. You think I'm thinking in my mind, sure, you know, and yet listen to what his heart's saying. He's, if he, vice versa, if he's come to me and said, you know, I, I spoke to you harshly or I was, I hurt you when what I said, and really listening saying, Okay, and then just saying, okay, Lord, give me the grace to forgive him, and uh, vice versa. Yeah, and and this has been recent. <laughs> Last night. <laughs> Last, Last night, <laughs> that's true. And uh, so I, I mean, doing, so yeah. you never get past this. <laughs> you know, it's something that's that's always there that you have to, you know, uh, you know, do. And so, uh, forgiveness is critically important. And and I would say probably, if you're going to have a long-term, growing relationship. You've got to learn to forgive and to be forgiven and to seek forgiveness and to humble yourself. And, and, and grace is applied to the humble heart. And, and it goes back to that spirit of humility that allows us to forgive and to be forgiven. A radio talk show host wrote, From the first paragraph, Sammy Tippett's new novel grabs you by the throat and refuses to let go. Running Home is a powerful story of redemption, revival, and hope. Sammy Tippett has written a fast-paced mystery that intertwines an unusual romance, a heart-wrenching kidnapping, desperate praying, and an outpouring of God's Spirit. You'll be kept on the edge of your seat as you read Running Home. Get your copy today at sammytippett.org or amazon.com. One of the things as we've had these talks and these conversations about family life that we keep coming back to is that of communication. And when I think of God's love and, and the love of God, God loved us so much that he didn't just say, hey, I love you, but he demonstrated that love by Jesus coming to the earth and showing us. He communicated that love through the demonstration of Christ's life. And so communication is, is so important to a relationship to our relationship with God, to our relationship with one another. And so I want us to begin to explore communication. Now, we're, we're gonna start off in, in this discussion, it'll go for a while here, but um, on, on several sessions, but I know that you guys, Dave and Kelly, have um, took a trip around the world and it must have had uh, incredible uh, challenges for communication I, from making a decision to go to <laughs> once you're over there and in situations that are difficult and all. And so, uh, first of all, just tell us what you did uh, and, and why you did it. Yeah, well, we took a, uh, we the, everything just happened to align right perfectly and God opened up the doors for us to do this. But we took a nine-month trip to 22 different countries and uh, traveled as a family, took a year off, uh, rented out our house, pulled our kids out of school, had them homeschooled, and um, for that year we went around doing a combination of ministry and then some adventure of seeing uh, just this beautiful world that God's created. And um, it was that you know there, there was a lot of reasons why we went and why we decided to go on this trip. One of the things is 
I think um, anything from your own childhood that you really value and treasure, uh, you, it's just natural as a parent. You want to pass that along to your children. And what, part of my childhood, as y'all know, I was traveling most summers uh, um, in international countries, and God shaped my the lens that I see life through the, with a global lens and helping to see the panorama of his glory displayed throughout the various cultures of the world. And so um, that was a deep desire I had for my own kids. I, I felt like this trip, there was a lot of... Uh, ancillary things that and effects that happened in their lives. Just, you know, we too much has been given, uh, much is required. Uh, you know, not having a, a, a mentality of just that I'm a, a, I expect something. You know, that I have to have something. And going in these other cultures helps to broaden your the kids' horizon that they have been given a lot. And so there is a lot that's required of them. But the bottom line was, um, from my perspective, I wanted my kids to be able to see through this global lens, to see all these different cultures, to understand that the greatest education you can receive in life is, from my perspective, is to travel, meet new people, be in different places, take you out of your comfort zone, learn new things. There's a, just uh, real quick, there's a, uh, um, you know, the ancient rabbis in, in, in within the Jewish Torah, they, they used to have the saying that there's 70 different angles of understanding one passage of scripture. And that's why you have the Talmud and all these historical documents through Judaism to this day is because there's so many different interpretations of what this what the scriptures mean and because there's so it's so rich, it's so full. We'll never none of us will have the full understanding of who God is even through his word. And I just feel like that's a good way to see life too. There's so many different angles to life. There's so many different perspectives and God can broaden our worlds rather than their world shrinking and thinking, "Oh, I live here in the United States, here in Texas, and Bernie in the little town. This is the way it's supposed to be done. Um, they see it done in all different ways, and God, I think, will have planted seeds within them to um, to change as a result. So I'm sure, Kelly, that whenever Dave shared that with you, you said, all right, let's Good go. Good idea. Huh? Let's go. Yes. I thought it was the craziest thing I ever heard of. And, uh, I mean, just saying it sounds like, oh, cool, let's go travel the world. But I'm so practical, I immediately start thinking, how, we have to feed these kids three times a day. Where are we going to stay? Who's, how are we going to homeschool them? Um, we'll be together 24-7. Does that sound fun? And just all these things started coming um, in my mind. And I just thought, wow, I don't, I don't know that we could actually do this. But <clears throat> the more I prayed about it and the more I, I just kind of thought through it, I kept feeling like this was um, a gift of time that God was giving to us. We were just kind of out of whack with our life. Kids were at the age where they're all going different directions and our evenings were crazy. And I feel like this was a time where we really could just have time to experience things together and just enjoy life at a slower pace. Um, and so because of that, and because I realized, man, when we get back from this trip, Taylor will be in ninth grade, have four more years with her. Um, when they were little, I felt like, you know, they'd be little forever. But once they hit school, it just kind of flew by and it's it's still just flying by. And so I thought this could be one year where we could really just slow down and um, enjoy one another. And I'm glad we did it. There was lots of ups and downs and it was crazy at times. But overall, we look back and are thankful. So I, I'm sure you all had a lot of long talks about this and you prayed separately and are together and all about this. Try to find out to make sure that this was what you were supposed to do. Mm. Yeah. Okay, you, so you did this. You decided to do this, and one of the first stops you had was Liberia. Yeah. And tell us what happened in Liberia when you got there. <laughs> well, we got there, and uh, it was, uh, we were there for two weeks, and the first week we were there, there, there had been this Ebola outbreak, but it hadn't really spread at the rate um, 
that it ended up spreading. And so we had another team that met us from America who came in. And uh, when they arrived, uh, it is it, the Ebola outbreak was starting to make international news. Several Westerners had passed away as a result um, during that next week. Airline flights were canceled. Um, government was trying to put in all these precautions to keep people from getting the Ebola. And it was really the beginning of the spread of the Ebola virus within that country um, in Liberia. And so uh, that first week, I mean, that's the first week we were, we, we didn't have TV or anything. We were living with Liberians and having a good time and just doing our ministry thing. And then that next week, it totally changed. Uh, we shut down public meetings. Um, the day before they did that, I remember we were, we had these kids camps, uh, kind of like a vacation Bible school thing that we were doing with scholarship kids and they shut it down and, uh, and or they were they hadn't shut it down, but they asked us to to it was, is it safe to bring the kids? And we had to bring our own kids in, and they had to pray and decide if they wanted to go to the camp. And it was just a real good test of faith, of reality, a reality check for our own kids to not just see something on TV, but to experience and be put in their own in someone else's shoes what these African kids experience every day, and then also to have to trust God in the middle of it. So it started off. Uh, real tumultuous, but even in the middle of that, there was just a peace uh, with everyone that was there and involved, and even our Liberian friends. And you could just tell God's presence was was with us and uh, during that time. Uh, I can tell you, it was a test for the kids' <laughs> grandparents too. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kids, just the grandparents. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we, emails. <laughs> we, we we were praying for you guys. We were far. So, so mm-hmm. tell me what this whole trip. What what if you could just sum up of what you learned about communicating with each other on the trip. What what would you say? I think, you know, like Kelly said, we were 24-7 together. We were in tight spaces. Uh, one thing, and I realized that we're Americans, so there, we have the luxury of having other spaces that we can go to. But I think no matter what culture you come from, it's important to have that individual space and that individual time. In order for good communication to happen when you're together, you've got to be filled up with your relationship with God, with um, having quiet and, and peace, and, and we found that was essential. So we had to create those spaces, even though we didn't have them staying in a you know one or two bedroom apartment or whatever. We didn't have those at times. And the other thing I would just say is when we went to uh, Israel, that really made an impact on us. How the whole culture um, practiced the Sabbath and having rhythms of life mm-hmm. is very important. It's very important to the Jewish people. Um, they always say everyone would say. In order to do, we have to first become. And the Sabbath is becoming, and the rest of the week is doing. And you need that rhythm of life where you have just time away um, and to appreciate who God is and to appreciate who your spouse is and then come back together. And in those times, your communication will be that much richer. Well, I, I, I can imagine that traveling, because we travel, that, you know, that's, that is a real challenge to be able to find a place and a time when you're just surrounded by everybody else and and, and you know, finding that place and time to, to do that. And that, that's really critical, and it's a part of what I really believe um, being a follower of Christ is all about, is, is being filled up so that you can give out. So I want to encourage you to develop your communication by developing your, your, your time alone with God, your time with Him, so that you can communicate adequately and uh, lovingly uh, with, with those that are the closest to you and means so much to you. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.